to the Blue Roads Changemaker podcast. I'm Patty Talbot, CEO and co-founder of Blue Roads Education Group. This is part two of my reflection on how to be a homebound changemaker. In part one, we considered the first two quadrants of the changemaker journey, homegrown solutions, in light of current recommendations to stay at home as much as possible. In this second installment, we're thinking about the patchwork world described in the third and fourth quadrants of the Blue Roads Changemaker journey. Here we're encouraged to think beyond our personal experiences to engage with others from a more global perspective. It's a really important time to recognize the beauty of our diversity. We face so many challenges in the world and it's a good time to really think about looking at our world together and through the eyes of one another. My husband told me a story about an Asian American woman who was recently heckled and bullied in a Walmart store while people stood by and watched and, and didn't say anything to stop what was happening. No one was acting on the woman's behalf. And we talked about how much we hoped that if we were in that situation, we would have the courage to at least say something like, hey, that's not cool or something to speak up. I hope that would be true. I wish that would be true. But given this opportunity to reflect on it and hear stories like that, I think that gives me the the chance and the responsibility to practice in my own head about it so I can be ready if I am in a store and see something like that happen or out in the world and see something happen. It gives me the opportunity to to speak up. And reading those stories makes me think about how to be ready for that. Some of you may have read this week about former presidential candidate Andrew Yang who wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post encouraging Asian Americans to up their efforts with patriotism, to wear red, white, and blue, and to, to show in their actions that they are citizens of the United States and in the fight with everyone else in response to those kinds of bullying incidents that happened to the wall woman in Walmart. He was saying that he was experiencing that same kind of racism and feeling a, a little sense of shame because of his Asian heritage. And he's gotten some backlash for this because some folks are perceiving that response as a soft response and an easy out for people who are acting as racist. So it's something to consider, but certainly his intention was to pull people together to say, we are all in this together. I even had an incident last week. You may have seen if you follow me on Facebook. I I made that what I thought was a cute little image of a personified Earth who was wearing a mask, and I put "Think globally, act locally" on it. And I thought I was sending out a good message, but then I started reading and hearing about the riskiness of mask wearing for African American males in this country, which isn't wasn't really on my mind when I put that out there into the world. Still think for many of us, it can be a good idea to wear a mask, but I have to remember that by being able to accept that and do that easily without any reticence, my privilege is talking there. 
So these examples highlight the fact that it's not as easy to consistently honor and appreciate that patchwork of diversity with full awareness as we might like it to be. So I have to be open, and I hope you'll be open with me to the possibility that we might get it wrong sometimes, and it's through our own self-reflection and through our openness to conversation and perspective-taking that we might be able to change our minds or at least understand what's going on through the eyes in the shoes of other people during these difficult times. But when our president uses language like calling the COVID-19 virus the China virus, some of us squirm a little bit about that because we feel like that kind of language is stoking the fires of racism and divisiveness. And of course that's wrong, but of course it's also especially counterproductive in a time when we need the whole world working to fight our common inanimate enemy instead of one another. Changemakers can appreciate the patchwork of diversity by doing a few things. I recommend three specific things. Reading and consuming information from diverse perspectives. I have a few cousins that often get after it on Facebook from different political perspectives. And while I'm tempted to get into it, I try to remain neutral and read all sides of position and think about what brings people to the conclusions. And often I do find it's based on what news they are choosing to consume. So as much as possible, even when we disagree, it is helpful, I believe, to try to look at things from others' points of view, even other news points of view, to, to help inform our perspective, at least help us understand where people are coming from when they feel as vehemently about their opinions as I do about mine. Also, of course, think it's helpful if we interact with each other with humility and appreciation, even when we disagree, and certainly practice in advance if we can, so we can be ready to speak up if we witness racism in action. If we work hard to try to be allies, upstanders instead of bystanders in situations like this, and think about how to do so first with our people that we're comfortable with so we can be ready when, when we're called upon to do the right thing publicly and out loud. I really do believe that's what will make the world a better place. People acting better helps other people act better. <laughs> so as change makers, we have to hold ourselves accountable and help each other gently by holding everyone around us accountable. And that requires this ability to admit when we make mistakes and talk about it and try to work to rectify it once we recognize the error of our ways. It's a good time for us to practice acting like who we want to be in the world. And we do have this opportunity to make our message be one of sticking together instead of every man and every woman for himself or herself. The point of sharing these stories is just to say the patchwork is beautiful and also challenging. It's not easy for us to look at the world through the eyes of others, but it's ever so important that we try to do so. 
And the last part of our homegrown solutions for a patchwork world focuses on our place in the world and our perspective on the world and our efforts to certainly make our own communities, but beyond our own communities, into our state, our nation, our continents, our hemispheres, the whole wide world, a better place. Because we are homebound at this time, but we are inextricably bound together around the world by our challenges, our climate challenges, our economic system, and our current health system certainly highlights our interconnectivity. It's been a concern, I think, this week that our leaders are using war analogies and tragic incidents like 9-11 and Pearl Harbor to talk about our current situation in the United States with the COVID-19 virus. I know their intention is to get our attention and to highlight the deep importance and the gravity of our situation. I know that's the intention. But I see a problem with this approach because The examples of 9-11 and Pearl Harbor and wars are examples where human is pitted against other humans. And in this case, our enemy is not human. It's not even a a living thing. Viruses, my husband was doing research on this the other day, and I am not the scientist to describe it, but very interesting what makes up a virus, and it's not a living thing. So our solution doesn't lie in fighting each other with weapons, but in joining together across the whole human race to use our intellects and, of course, our science, as well as our habits and our compassion to stop this virus in its tracks. I read an article this last week titled The Virus of Crisis Nationalism by a learned scholar named Dr. Werner Wintersteiner from Austria. And he had a lot of really compelling things to say on this topic. And I encourage you to take a look at that article because I'll only be able to highlight a few things. He he goes really into depth about the challenge and the difficulty and the problem with us resorting to turning inward into our nations and clinging to our patriotic United States first or Europe first or wherever we happen to live as being actually dangerous for us as humans. So he shines a not-so-flattering light on the current state of our humanity on this planet, and he calls what we're doing national tunnel vision, and we're allowing our ideology to dictate our actions, not our reason to dictate our actions. So, of course, that's problematic. So, despite the evident and necessary interdependence among us all and among nations, we are not doing what we need to to develop a mutually beneficial set of policies for economics and health. And he suggests that if we don't get this together and develop a sense of solidarity and cohesion, we are going to be doomed to failure in this crisis, the climate crisis, and really as a whole human race. He says, ultimately, our nationalism could be our downfall. He's promoting global citizenship as a way of being not to say that we don't value our 
our nations and have a sense of pride and patriotism where appropriate, but being careful not to go with our nationalism unchecked or overzealous in our patriotism or think of ourselves as better than and disassociated from the rest of the world. From our homes, we can do this. We can accomplish global thinking and global learning and global messaging right alongside our great appreciation for our own countries that we love and the countries that we represent. So I have a few recommendations here, really just four. First, make a point of consuming the works of peace builders and change makers. I've started since I've been privileged to meet some people that are great peace builders and change makers in the world. The more I rub elbows with those people and read them and listen to them and have conversations with them, the more I find the peace builder and change maker in myself. Pay attention to those kind of people that you want to emulate in the world and do all you can to pass along the messages that encourage a global mindset rather than a nationalistic mindset during this time. And I encourage us all to work on developing our global competencies. If you take a look at my blog on this topic, you'll see a link to the World Savvy Global Competencies. This is one set of global competencies. Other agencies and groups have come up with different sets, but there are some commonalities there that are skills and knowledge and background and attitudes about how to approach the world. And chief among them, in my mind, are going at things with a sense of curiosity and a sense of being able to take the perspective of others and also a historical perspective on how deeply interconnected we are and have been politically, economically, in terms of our environment, in terms of our social system, and certainly our health system as well. And so I'm encouraging us to all think globally and act locally and nationally and globally, because it really is possible to do all at the same time. If you look up the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, easy to find on the internet, I think you will find some inspiring work to be done, but I think you'll also find that you are already doing some of this work at the local level. If you search United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, you'll find ideas for doing so. And so I'm leaving you today with this challenge to think about which ones of those goals are you already working on in your homes and your communities, in your country of origin, and also in the world. And how are you continuing to do so even though you're bound to stay at home? I'd love to hear from you at patty, P-A-T-T-I, at blueroadseducation.org. Hope you will follow our work at Blue Roads Education. We have a weekly blog where I get the opportunity to talk to really exciting peace builders and change makers in the world and share their messages because we are all about cultivating change makers so that we can all have the skills, knowledge, attitudes to be able to work together to create the world that will allow humanity to survive and thrive far into the future for your grandchildren and for mine. Thank you so much for listening in. Mm-hmm.